Hey everyone, what's up? It's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome to podcast episode number 225. This is our follow-up interview with Chad Cooper of Infidel Body Armor, where he shares yet another top five list of the best prepper defense gear. In my opinion, this one is even better than our last one. And when you add them both together, at least if my math is correct, this is going to give us a really badass top ten list of items that you should consider for personal protection against riots, looters, and other predators in an SHTF event. Now, it's all coming right up, but first, don't forget to grab the free show notes from this episode, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points for you to use as a reference anytime you like. All you have to do is head on over to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 225 and download it all for free. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. In an age of increasingly divisive politics, public outrage over alleged government corruption on both sides of the aisle and red flag warning signs of a population prone to amassing large numbers of cause-driven, frustrated, and angry citizens. It's no secret that we're living in a powder keg era, just waiting for a single spark to blow the whole thing up. Maybe that's why a recent Rasmussen poll discovered that 31% of U.S. citizens, regardless of political identification, say that it's likely that our country will experience a second civil war sometime within the next five years. I know, that's a scary thought. But it doesn't have to be a full-blown domestic war that spurs you to take action to protect yourself and those you love during times of civil unrest. Whether due to a wide-scale blackout collapse, economic meltdown, or any other very real threat we currently face, when resources run dry and infrastructure crumbles to the ground, it will pit neighbor against neighbor to fight for basic necessities. And with this struggle is certain to also come violent protests, riots, and looting. As I always say, it only takes three days to go from calm to chaos following any triggering event. That's why last month, to help you better prepare, I interviewed a new expert in our network, Chad Cooper, about his top five choices for prepper defense gear that you should you should consider in order to defend yourself and those you love during times of social chaos and martial law. Well, the episode was so powerful that I made Chad promise to come back on and share another top five list for defense items that you could use to be better prepared when the shit hits the fan. And Chad's new list to finish out our top ten is coming right up. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And today, once again, we're talking with Chad Cooper, owner of Infidel Body Armor. Chad, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me back. Man, this is like one of my favorite topics. So uh, I get like giddy, like a little like schoolgirl when it comes to these uh, these types of interviews. So I love it. And I'm really looking forward to this. Um, for those of you that didn't catch our last interview with Chad, he has been proactively involved in serving and protecting our great nation for over 16 years in both the military and law enforcement roles. In addition, his 10 years of formal intelligence experience is bolstered by a master's in strategic intelligence and years of hands-on leadership with signals and geolocation analysis intelligence. Now, Chad later went on to form his company, Infidel Body Armor, where he provides more than just body armor and is a great resource for all types of tactical clothing, gear, and defense tools. You can visit Chad online and browse all of his products at www.infidelbodyarmor.com. 
All right, Chad. So the last time we were talking about this stuff and we're, and we're talking about prepper defense gear, things that somebody like the average civilian can use and get their hands on to be better prepared for the types of things that we see during civil unrest, whether that's protests gone wrong or uh, looting, the types of things that we even see on the news that are that are part of our reality today when when things really go downhill. So um, so my challenge to you again was to come up with another five kind of the top five list here, which will give us a full top ten here of different items that civilians can think about when it comes to um, this type of protection. So so let's go ahead and jump into it. What is uh, the prepper defense gear number one that you've got on your list? Okay, so helmet is a is a really important thing to consider. A um, couple of reasons why you'd want a helmet. So you could get a ballistic helmet, right? So <clears throat> obviously you've got to protect your noggin. Um, but there was a study that was done. Uh, I believe it was the Marine Corps that that Marine Corps that did this. Uh, they tried to determine what was the source of the head injuries that happened in Afghanistan. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but no. they looked at all of the head injury cases and they said, well, where are they coming from and what can we do to prevent it? So it turned out that most of the head injuries were from uh, impacts hitting door frames, falling and hitting the ground and hitting a rock. And so um, falling out of a helicopter, things like that, where people were injuring their head, it wasn't actually from getting shot in the head, um, you know, as it sounds maybe contrary to what you might think. Um, so that's when they made a big shift, especially in the, the special operations. They they went from wearing ballistic helmets. They went to wearing bump helmets. Does that ring a bell? That's why bump helmets uh, are, are really the, the rage right now. They're lightweight. You can strap all the same stuff that you'd really want to strap onto it, like I got night vision right here. Like you'd want to strap up, you could put a PBS 14 on the front of it. You could put your flashlights, the cameras and all that stuff. And it weighs a fraction of the, uh, the amount, but you know, they, uh, of course they haven't gotten rid of ballistic helmets. That's still the core of all the helmets that you find in the military. And when you look at infantry, uh, those are the guys that are still wearing ballistic helmets because it's dual purpose. Not only does it help prevent Noggin hits on, on, you know, in car accidents or an IED goes off and your head goes slammed into the roof. Um, it'll also stop the bullets. Price difference. Yes, it's significant price difference, but helmet's something to consider. If you think you're going to be in a combat area and you've got a helmet, of course, let's put it on. Even if it's a, uh, a bicycle helmet, it might be worth it. it. You know, if you, if you're going to hit a bump or jump a curb, that can protect your head and you got to keep your senses and you know, the less scrambling we get in our in our brain, the better. <laughs> That's what I like to think. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, just for people to um, be able to know the difference. I mean, like people are used to seeing like those soldier helmets and and uh, the full Kevlar gear and everything. And and the helmets you're talking about are like a scaled down version of that, right? Like they're they're cut a lot. Um, there's a lot less material to it. There's uh, the sides are much more open. But people will people that look at them will see that there are. Um, there's lots of like options on there to attach gear to, um, like you said, night vision or whatever, whatever somebody might be able to attach to. It. And again, if we're talking about like civilians and, and hopefully you're not just defending lone wolf, it's you and, and your bump helmet and an AR-15 at your home, but like neighborhood defense or things like that, communication equipment. Um, we talked about, you know, communication before, um, that, all of those different things that you're, especially if you're in some sort of a firefight or defensive situation, 
Like you want to have all of your stuff well organized. And these helmets, like you said, I mean, you can't do it with a bicycle helmet as well, obviously, but the types of helmets like you're talking about um, do give you those options if you are that well prepared. Right. And you mentioned uh, the helmets are cut differently. So um, the current helmet that the military is using is called a, a Mitch and it's modular integrated communications helmet. So um, if you look at like spec op type soldiers, and this is the type that we sell on our website, they're actually cut. So they go above your ear. Mm-hmm. And it serves two reasons, uh, two purposes. One, so you can actually put over-the-ear earmuffs over your ears, which help, one, protect your ear, and two, allow for a communication so you can communicate, you know, shoot and fight and, and, and talk while everything's happening. Um, but if you don't even have the communications equipment, you're not talking to somebody else, having it cut over your ear, especially as a in a small group, makes a, a big difference because you – are the sensor. You have to rely not only on your vision, you have to rely on your hearing. And if you've got a helmet that's covering your ears, it's hard to tell where stuff is coming from, you know, because once the sound goes inside, it bounces all around. You don't know where that bang, was it a shot from over here? Was it a shot from over here? So that's why they're doing the cutouts over the ears now. So you have, and I recommend this for civilian type people, get those helmets. If you're going to buy a helmet, buy one that goes over the ear because you want to maximize your sense your sensory, you know, so you can figure out you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I mean I think um in fact I've always found like my hearing has always been the sense that I've I've counted on even more than vision. I mean obviously vision, you know, you have to be able to see what you're shooting at and stuff like that. But it's amazing, especially at nighttime, especially if you're on patrol, especially if you're on a lookout post somewhere. I mean you're not, if it's dark out, you're not gonna be able to see. Now we've talked about you know night vision before as well, but I've always found hearing to be just an, an, you know, an undervalued sense that most people don't think about when it comes to defensive um, scenarios. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, okay. So let's, uh, yeah. let's go on to item so, number two on the prepper defense gear uh, list here. What do we got? What do we got lined up? So one of the easiest things to, uh, to bring with you is it takes up just a small amount of space is a smoke grenade. So, a smoke grenade. I don't know what comes to mind for people when they hear a smoke grenade, but uh, uh, I should have had one beforehand. They're about the size of a Coke can, and uh, the ones that we sell, they're they're pool tabs. So there's a there's a ring with a wire on it, and you pull it, and it's self igniting. What are you going to use a smoke grenade for? Well, there's there's tons of reasons why you might want to use it. Um, you can use it to obscure your movement. So let's say you're under fire. There's no cover for you to to be able to move too safely you pop the smoke it you know it hides you and so allows you to to get to a safer place you can throw it and obscure the vision of the person that's shooting at you you can't you can't see what you can't you can't shoot what you can't see um, you can also use it for communication um, maybe your neighbors don't have night vision or they don't have a radio or, or something like that, you can quietly pop smoke and there's different colors. And that's one of the questions people always ask me, well, what's the red smoke mean? What's the purple smoke mean? Well, it means whatever you want it to mean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you have a, you have your, your predefined colors for the day or, or for the week or whatever you decide that this color means this, this color means this. But in general, yeah, smoke is very, very useful. Only takes about the size of a Coke can. 
fairly lightweight, a quarter pound each. And, um, and just the benefits of having that with you, I think outweigh the, the negative of the space that it takes up. So that's something that's in my kit is, uh, smoker nades. Yeah, I purchased them, and most people are probably wondering, like, where the hell am I going to get smoke grenades from? Like, don't I have to be, I mean, isn't that just a military item? And it's not. I, I've actually purchased the ones that you have on your on your site before, because my son and I use them when we go paintballing. Um, we use them to uh, try, try and not get shot by paintballs. Um, but the other thing that can be used for also right. that um, I've, I've looked at them for is, like, perimeter um, control for for uh, just detection of somebody coming into your perimeter. So tying any sort of like a, um, a tripwire using 550 cord strand or something like that that you can attach to it. I mean, night vision definitely helps at night, but um, we used to have things in the military that would shine like an, it would pop a, a chem light or an IR chem light or it would even pop a, a flare that would go up. Those are hard things to come by for people too. So having something that will put a cloud of smoke will tell you not only that somebody's in the perimeter, but also show you where they're at too. That's a good point. I, um, there's lots of early warning detection things, but I hadn't thought about that one. That'd be so easy just to duct tape one or tie one to a tree and then run a trip line that somebody could go over. And um, yeah, they're, they're not too expensive and it is government controlled up to a certain uh, amount of um explosive that's in it and so we fall under that threshold we actually provide a link so you can download the atf exemption paperwork and they're legal in all 50 states so it's one of those few freedoms that we still have now that the atf hasn't really clamped down on but smoke grenades and they burn for about 45 seconds that's a lot of smoke yeah i did a side-by-side comparison for the uh the military uh m18 which is the marker grenade Mm -hmm. this Side by side produced just as much smoke and, but there was a, there was a huge difference, uh, pro for the ones that we sell. The ones we sell are cold burning. You can hold it in your hand the entire time and it won't burn you. You can reposition it. You ever try that with an M18? You get third degree burns on your hands <laughs> yeah. trying to reach up and, <laughs> and, and do yeah. that. Um, even in Arizona, I talked to the National Guard. They have, uh, prohibited using, uh, smoke grenades in their, and their facility because they started a forest fire a couple of years ago. Hmm. Uh, they're so hot. And I showed them the cold burning ones and, and they were like, well, we would allow this. And so we actually use them. Um, and there's a national guard train range. Now yeah. they're cold burning. So they allow it. Yeah, it's awesome. And I can, I can personally attest to these. These are, um, I've, I've used these before and um, I've definitely got them on standby for myself. So that's awesome. Uh, listen, everybody, we've been talking with Chad Cooper of InfidelBodyArmor.com about his best advice for prepper defense gear to defend yourself and your loved ones during times of civil unrest. And we have the last three items to finish out today's top five and our combined top 10 all coming right up. But first, check out this special message. <laughs> In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. 
claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Chad Cooper of InfidelBodyArmor.com with considerations for prepper defense gear that could help you protect yourself in times of civil unrest and martial law. Now, we have three items left on Chad's list, so let's go ahead and jump back in. All right, Chad, so what's the, uh, what is item number three on the prepper defense gear list? Okay, so this is going to be something that you probably haven't thought of, but it's a camo net. So camo net, what, what comes to mind is <clears throat> this gigantic thing that covers a tank or something out in the desert, and that's exactly what it is, except we need to cut it down and make it usable for civilians. So uh, on our website, we sell uh, two different versions of camo netting. One is for woodland and one is for desert. And what I found is that desert seems to work in just about every environment because even if you live in the woods, let's say you live in the East Coast, um, what color are the trees where human where humans are? They're not green. The green's way up high. Brown is what the color of the tree trunks are. So that's the color that you should be looking for. Most of the time, there's dry grass somewhere. So that's that that dead straw color. I think, I think desert is, is an important color to use for this, but we do sell the woodland if you feel like you need woodland. But what we sell and what we, what we use is this gigantic net and we cut it down to the shapes that we need. So what I found is that this net is big enough for about three vehicles plus enough to cut out a smaller section where you can use to make a hive. So we actually did this activity the other day, made a little video about how to do it. Um, uh, my friend uh, Scott Wheeling and I, we went out and unrolled a, a net. We got it all on video so you can see how big it is. And we made a hide site um, and made a, a net with a net covering for that as well. The idea is that if you're overnighting and you're traveling, you need to make yourself as safe as possible. So you would pull off on a spur somewhere away from the main travel. Hopefully you're already off, but this is going to be even a less traveled road. You're going to try to hide your vehicle so that people driving by don't see you, so they don't try to investigate. Um, so the locals maybe don't try to find you and steal your stuff or even just, you know, confrontation. You just want to avoid people as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, second consideration is if you're not in a big group of people where you can provide a, you know, a lot of security, you want to relocate away from your vehicles. So maybe you park your vehicle, you hide your vehicle, and then you camp a hundred yards away, possibly an overlook position so that you can see, you know, if anyone's approaching, um, so you can deal with that threat before they get to you. But a, a vehicle, even if it's masked and covered and with a net, it's a big object. It's easy to see from a distance. Whereas a smaller group of people, 
a hundred yards away is going to be have a much less have a much smaller signature. And that's what we use the net for as well, kind of like a hunting blind to set that netting up to mask the, the actual campsite. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, I mean, it can even be cut down from there. Like if somebody has to go from vehicle and switch to another mode of transportation, like a bicycle or something, same concept. You know, hiding your stuff or being able to put that over um, over your bike, whatever whatever it is. I mean, it's just good to be able to blend in at a moment's notice rather than kind of fumbling around the woods, pulling off branches and trying to make up some kind of uh or your own burlap ghillie suit, right? Uh, cool. Right, and and you can use it. And you can use it for a ghillie suit too. You yeah. could make it human size, but what we found is it doesn't take long to cut it down, but doing it beforehand, cutting it to the right size beforehand, they fit perfectly in a stuff sack. So you can label that stuff sack truck, label this one, you know, whatever you want to, and, and it weighs nothing, you know, mm-hmm. when it gets down to it, it's just like maybe a pound. Um, and it's, it's really worth having. It doesn't, it doesn't take up a whole lot of space. Doesn't weigh a whole lot. Uh, the benefits that it gives you are just huge. Yeah, especially for people tip. who are bugging out and traveling. Yeah, yeah, great tip, great tip. Okay, all right. What's item number four? Prepper defense gear. Okay, so if you're going to have a rifle, you're going to have a gun. Chances are you have it because you think you're going to be in a firefight, at least at some point. Preppers, people who are you know li- living in the shit hit the fan type situation. We have to be self-sufficient, right? So if you receive trauma, you are shot. You have to be able to treat yourself. You have to be able to treat your family. So you not only do you have to have a well-stocked um, first aid kit, but you need to have a trauma kit because we're not talking about just cuts and bruises anymore. We're talking about you have to be able to handle anything from a from a scrape all the way up to a gunshot wound. Um, so you're going to want to invest in a, a first aid trauma kit uh, sometimes we refer to it as a blowout kit. They're usually scaled down. They don't have aspirin and things like that in it typically. Uh, main things you want to look for is that it's going to have a tourniquet, a good quality tourniquet. That'll stop the bleeding. You, you might look at some sort of um, quick clot, um, uh, anticoagulant, or actually a coagulant. You want to stop that bleeding. Um, you might look at some Israeli metal dressing, things like that so that you can handle and stabilize the wound um, until you can deal with the the cause of that problem and then, you know, treat it from there. But I think having a, a trauma first aid kit, a blowout kit is is really key. If you're going to carry a rifle, you better be prepared to deal with the damage that it, that rifle or inflicts or that is inflicted on you. Yeah, I always see that as a big oversight. I mean, even with people that we talk with, like for concealed carry, everybody just always assumes because, hey, at the at the live fire range, I never get shot, and the bad guy always has tons of holes in him, right? So nobody ever really thinks about that possibility. And you know, how horrible would that be? Like, great, you defended yourself, but then you look over and you see that your your daughter's bleeding, you know, to death in front of you there. So, you know, be there's not especially when we're talking about like these types of scenarios. Um, First responders aren't going to be like ready to just go charging and, and dodging bullets to be able to go and help you out. So you've got to really be able to take care of that. I'm glad you brought that up. And all the things that you talked about, like the, the Israeli dressing and the tourniquet and all that stuff, like those things nowadays come with instructions, like that are just picture instructions. There's no need to be like a, 
a paramedic to be able to use these things or a doctor. Like they're so easy to use nowadays. And what, what you're talking about are just simple, like basic things that that can really save your life in a moment's notice. Yeah, and not to di- not to discount training, but training on all yeah. of these things is key. And if this is the first time you're pulling out uh, compression bandage, maybe, you know, with all the stress, you don't know how to do it. So I would encourage people, get the training. Um, there's other things that you could include in your kit, like a nasopharyngeal airway, NPAs, you know, where the, it goes up your nose to, um, if you've got an obstructed airway, that can get down your throat. If you have a collapsed um, trachea. Things like that can really help, but they was, they definitely do require additional training. Uh, just reading the label, you know, reading the instructions on the label probably won't cut it for that. But man, we're, we are the first responder. We have to be prepared to save our, our, our lives and our families' lives. Um, so it's definitely for me, it's a serious consideration. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Don't, don't look at the picture instructions when you're bleeding. <laughs> like look at them well ahead of time. Make sure that you know how to do them. Awesome. Okay, what is the last item on our uh, on our list for prepper defense gear, Chad? Okay, so let's let's paint a scenario here. You hear a bump in the night, um, something down in your kitchen, maybe. You grab your you grab your rifle and you flip on the light, and there's teenager in your kitchen going through your your cabinets. If you've got one tool in your hand, and it's that firearm. Do you shoot this kid? You you may have the legal right to shoot him. He's in your house. He's breaking and entered. Uh, he's in your castle. Your life may be threatened. You may feel threatened. You're going to have to live with that at the end of the day. Um, and that's okay. Maybe you can kill that person and sleep perfectly well at night. Maybe you can't. So you need to look at what are, what are all your options. And this is where we talk about some less lethal force. And we say pepper spray, and a lot of people may chuckle and be like, ah, someone breaks into my house, I'm going to kill them. You know, and they talk a big game. But when it actually comes down to it, um, killing somebody is definitely not as sexy as it sounds and looks like on TV. It's a serious thing. You're never getting that bullet back. And um, so with that in mind, there's something called rail mounted pepper spray. And so uh, what it is, it's, it's a saber defense. It mounts onto the, onto a rifle rail. Um, and with a flick of a button, you can pepper spray this guy. And if he stops, great. He stopped, he's complied, he's done everything. And, and you solve the problem using less than lethal force. The entire time though, you've had your AR 15 right on that guy. And all you had to do is if he didn't comply, if he, if that pepper spray didn't phase him, because there's a certain percentage of the population where pepper spray just won't affect him. Maybe he's hyped up on meth and he starts aggressively coming towards you, or maybe he raises a knife. Maybe he's reaching for his gun after he saw you. You can put two to the center, <laughs> two to center mass, um, without having to put down the pepper spray and pick up your gun. They're both on the same, on the same platform. So. Something to consider. It's not for everybody. I think you mentioned beforehand that your your wife doesn't like firearms, but she wouldn't have no problem pepper spraying somebody. If you've never been pepper sprayed, <laughs> it's not like going through the the, uh, the CS chamber at, at boot camp. It's not like that at all. Pepper spray is 
bad. It is the most painful thing that I've ever felt in my life. Um, I'll, I'll tell a quick story if it's all right. Uh, when I was going through police academy, um, when I was going through police academy, we were, we had a speaker come in and talk to us. And this guy was a uh, former cop. He had been shot 11 times, I believe, and he survived. Shot 11 times on duty. And as he was, that he actually died, his heart stopped, and they resuscitated him and brought him back to life. But he said as he was laying on the asphalt, bleeding out, psychologically, he said, it's okay. I can handle this. I felt worse pain than this before. This is nothing. And you know what that worst pain was? Pepper spray. Mm. <laughs> so um, pepper spray is very, very painful, um, and it works. It it stops you from breathing. It stops you from seeing. It makes it feel like your face is melting with acid. It's just a terrible feeling, and it makes it very, very hard to operate if you haven't gone through it before and you're not trained to operate in that type of um, pain and that type of, uh, you know, situation. But it's an effective tool. Uh, pepper spray, and this is a gel pepper spray, uh, rather the one that we sell so that it's more localized. When you spray it on the person's face, it stays there. If it was a regular spray, it would get everywhere in the room and it would affect you as well. So this gel, it, it gets onto the person and it sticks and stays there. It's easy to direct it where a normal spray can bounce back and affect the person that that you know is actually doing the spray but that's the that's the number five item um something to consider it's a tool in the toolbox yeah there's a few things i like about that first of all i mean uh my audience knows that um my primary weapon for home defense that i that i i tell people is this is this is my go-to thing is an ar5 an ar15 and there's lots of reasons for that i know there's a lot of myths out there about over penetration things like that about about the rifle and it's actually in, in my assessment anyway, it's uh it is the it is the best weapon for home defense. So so it's another tool to put on there, like you said, for home defense. But then also when we're talking about things like like prepper defense, it might be multiple people that you are having to fight against. You could even be potentially, you know, you have to do a magazine change, but there's you know, there's there's people around you or you're still in the fight and you know, maybe it's if you've got people within within blast range, it might be better to throw out a spray, you know, kind of get a, a swath out there to be able to buy you even just those those extra seconds that you might need to be able to quickly get to another another magazine or to get to another position or something like that. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of reasons for this. I had never seen this until I went to your website and noticed it there. And uh, I mean, I'm intrigued by it. And uh, I, it's definitely something I'm looking at for adding in because I think it is best to have those less than lethal options for when you do need them um, as well as a way that you can, you can get to those less than lethal options without having to, you know, take, have that rifle on your sling, put it down, go and, and reach for another weapon. And then you got to transition back. I mean, the less moving around and the less fumbling you've got to do, the better. So uh, yeah, I'm really intrigued by, by this item. <laughs> Another scenario where you might use it is let's say you're, you're doing your bug out scenario and, you know, <clears throat> maybe there's some unarmed people that are blocking your, your driveway or the road. Hey, give us a ride. Take us, you know, give us your food. We see you've got a whole truckload of food. Give us some. You're not going to shoot these people or at least a, a sane person really would have a hard time 
just shooting unarmed people that are asking for a handout or asking for a ride. On the other hand, wouldn't be too far or too hard to pepper spray them and just to give themselves some distance so that you and your family can keep going. And maybe if maybe the time does come, maybe they're grabbing your vehicle, rocking it and, and, and it is time to shoot. But up until that point, you know, less than lethal. I think it's a good option. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. Chad, this is a, this has been an awesome list, man. Uh, this is my, it's my passion project. So I love this stuff. So I really appreciate it. Um, again, listen, everybody, uh, go check out Chad's website. He's got some really cool stuff over there. I mean, I think it's like his own personal toy box. I think that was the true, the true formation of the company was really just what toys can I, that's how it started. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Um, That's how it started. So definitely go check it out. Um, great information. And uh, it's over at www.infidelbodyarmor.com. And until our next Modern Combat Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.